This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. This morning in studio, we have guests from the Rutherford County School System. And with us today, we have Public Information Director James Evans. And then also with a brand new school, Dr. Mark Gagne. And again, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, But you are with a brand new school here in town. So let's get started with that because I know this is a school, Plainview Elementary, has been talked about for quite some time. And it's now becoming a reality. So when is it going to open? Well, we're going to be opening uh, this uh, coming August of 2021 and um, looking forward to it. So is the building totally complete yet? Not yet. No, it's it's making great progress with it. Uh, it's it's going to be a very pretty building, uh, but they're still getting quite a bit of stuff done inside the building. James, whenever you see a new school being built and then you're releasing information that, you know, the school's going to be open come August, but yet it's not, not quite yet finished. Is it a little scary, a little tense? Uh, not for me, it's not. For our engineering <laughs> department, it might be, but uh, we haven't missed one yet. Uh, there have been a few in the years where we, have, over the years, that we have been uh, planting trees on the day of the ribbon cutting. But uh, we've always managed to get it open. Uh, you know, there's always, of course, some uh, punch list items and things like that. But uh, I've been out to the school once when it was just a mud pit one day, and now I've seen the building coming up, and uh, it's it's on on track to be open on time so how far along is it right now i mean are the classrooms totally finished or or what are we looking at today well dr garnier you were out there just a few days ago right yeah just last week we um the uh, the the paint is done the doors are being put in we've got glass being put in the windows Uh, the school is completely wired uh they've mounted all the whiteboards and the cork boards uh paint is painting's looking pretty good uh i believe that they're getting ready to start working on flooring this next week now schools today when they build them they're uh, quite a bit different from years past because of all the high-tech technology that goes in the the ethernet lines i mean there's just so much to building a new school that's different compared to years past how how does that all play out i mean is it a lot more expensive to build today or is it just plain old complicated compared to years past uh, so we use an architecture firm that helps us plan out all those kinds of things you know where the wire drops are things like the cables uh, and a few weeks or a couple of months ago when I was out there you could already see they call them cable trays but they're above the ceiling already had those kinds of things laid out um, you know we've uh, things like the internet wiring every classroom making sure we have multiple stations for students like in computer labs and things like that uh, your wireless access points uh, we've been doing that for a few years now and so we've gotten pretty good at it but yeah i mean it's definitely more complicated than it was 30 years ago uh, but we built so many schools in this county our engineering department has got it down to a science now the cool thing about plainview elementary is that it kind of hits a milestone i think for the county school system it's the 50th school I, I, what since since the establishment of the county schools it's the 50th school that we have in operation so uh, we have 49 right now including the virtual school this will be number 50 proud 50 so we're on our way and how many students are we expecting come august of next school year how many do we have dr Gunny? we're looking at a little over 400 students to start okay so 400 at plainview and then total as an entire system how many Oh, we'll have uh, just, we should have just over 48 next year when we started. The pandemic did affect things this year. Some people chose to homeschool or just withhold for a year. 
uh, do a private school or whatever, but we're expecting. And some people, for example, uh, kindergarten in Tennessee, you don't have to start. Your child is not to be in school for kindergarten until they're six. And so some people just chose to withhold sending their kids to school until we got through the pandemic. So we're expecting an influ- influx of kindergartners this year, and that should see our, our growth skyrocket again once all that comes back together so right now about 48,000 students as a whole for the whole county system of course that number could change i guess at the last minute you, you never know an exact count until what a weekend uh yeah next it's about three weeks in usually by labor day we have a pretty good idea of we've got students there are some that need to be purged or who, who end up being it's at a different school than what we thought they would be because they've moved over the summer or something like that so once all that shakes out it's usually the week after labor day now with plainview elementary the location of that school there's not a whole lot around that area yet <laughs> and i say yet because it seems like every time a new school is built new neighborhoods pop up left and right and we're seeing that right now with rockville high school there's new neighborhoods being built right now directly next to and across from the school we were just having that conversation and there's already land being sold that we're seeing out around the school and and like you said if you want to know where the next neighborhoods are going to be just wait till we open a school and it seems to be all around it people just love being close to their school kind of describe where Plainview is located for somebody who may not know well, you uh, one of the easiest ways I've found to get out there is to uh, get off of exit 89, uh, and you bear right, turn left on Miller Road, uh, take that up to Sledge, turn right, and it's up around the bend off of Sledge Road. Uh, it's kind of hard to see the school right now because it is about uh, a quarter mile back on the access road, and it's really hard to see the building until you get back there. Uh, I've had several phone calls from parents panicking, going, I don't even see a school yet, So, but it's well underway. So exit 89, is that Buchanan? It's Epps Mill Road, right? Epps Mill Road, yes. Uh, uh-huh. It's about a mile and a half off the exit. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so once you get off there, it's basically, if you're headed towards Chattanooga, it's to the right of the interstate then. Yes, mm-hmm. yes sir. Can you see it from the interstate? No. I don't think you can. No. There's mm-hmm. too many trees and things like that that would block it. It's a pretty green area right now. Now, as they start tearing things down and building houses, you might be able to catch a glimpse of it. Yep. Now, one of the unique things about that area is that the county schools at one point had planned on also building what a middle school and a high school in the very same area and if so is it going to be on the same land we do have plans that we can build at least two schools there possibly the high school too uh, there are some wetlands out there and they're, they're doing their best to work around those like they're supposed to but definitely a middle school and then they're going to see whether or not uh, that uh, high school would be able to be fit out there as well eventually so how soon would we see a middle school out there so on our five-year building plan, we've got several schools. We, you know, we own land out in Walter Hill. Uh, we're looking for land out in the Blackman Veterans 840 area. Uh, two to three years, possibly. Uh, once it's all approved, it has to go through the bidding process, and the county commission has to approve funding and those kinds of things, but possibly two to three years. Now, the county schools have been looking for land in the Blackman area for quite some time now, but still nothing? Yeah, it's it's we have found land but it's not once we and we've done some testing on land but it's proven to be not suitable for uh, school buildings so that's the difficult part as you know there's a lot of rock in this county uh, especially out in that area uh, and you know they have to analyze all the soil and those kinds of things to see if it's suitable and they just have not found one yet they're still looking though so if you've got land that you're willing to sell <laughs> let, let us know and they'll come look at it so now whenever building a school out in the county you have to find land that I guess will properly perk or allow for some type of, of septic system because right. you don't have city sewer lines in a lot of areas yeah if you don't if we don't have access to city sewer then they'll do some type of step system or something like that to to use for the sewer system so are, are we going to see you know like 10 15 years from now are there going to be like a hundred schools in rutherford county because i mean we keep growing and if the population is going to hit 
500,000 in the next 10, 15 years, which is quite possible, we're going to need more schools. So I started with the, with the county about 16 years ago, and I believe we have built 16 new schools in that time, and then we've added on to several others, you know, annexes and renovations and additions, those kinds of things. Uh, so in 15 years, you could see another, uh, you know, 15 schools. It all depends on funding. We're trying to maximize all that we can. The virtual school is one one piece of that puzzle. More and more people are wanting to do uh, virtual learning, even in universities and other counties have this kind of thing. And, and that, of course, doesn't require a physical building for all those schools or the students. So um, it's all just a piece of the puzzle. We're looking to be as cost effective as possible. Again, James Evans, the public information director with the Rutherford County School System on air and in studio with us this morning. So I'm sure you keep up with and learn about what other school systems are doing nationwide. And I, I'm guessing there's groups and stuff that you're part of, just like uh, you know any, any industry, uh, conventions and so forth. What are other school systems doing with growth these days? Uh, similar things that we're doing, they're looking to add on to schools where they can if it's cost effective or build new schools. We are we are still, I, I think we're in the top three as fastest growing county in the state. Uh, so, you know, there's superintendent groups that meet, uh, things like that to uh, talk about the same issues that we're having, especially in Middle Tennessee and some of the other fast growing areas of the state. At some point, are the schools here going to start building upwards as opposed to being on some huge sprawling piece of land because land's getting more expensive. Yeah, we had that already actually. So Rocky Fork Elementary, which opened a few years ago, it's a multi-story school. Uh, of course, our high schools are doing that, like Rockvale, like Siegel, Seward's Creek High. They're they're multi-level schools too. Uh, it just depends on a lot of times what the the type of land that we're getting, the shape of the land, uh, what fits best. We have a couple of different designs we can use for the various grade bands of schools. I guess in places like New York where you have big cities and big schools, the schools are sometimes four stories tall, but we're not quite seeing that here yet. Rocky Fork Elementary School, which actually surprised me when I visited it during construction, it actually has a basement, so it's technically a three-story school, but I, I, you know, that's unusual. Not many of the schools have a basement, but, but because of the way the land is, it kind of sits on a hill. There is a basement in there they so they do have three stories now years ago back in the 70s i guess they started putting a, a living quarter inside the high schools like oakland and riverdale for the janitor staff to live in and when i say staff i guess just one one person to live in yep. uh, what what is being done with janitors and is there a living quarter in the new high school yeah the high schools still have that for the usually it's for your lead custodian they have the option to use the apartment in the school and the uh, thought about the, the the thinking behind that is that they may have to be there to lock up after late night events like ball games and things like that or clean up and so it's just more convenient to have them on campus uh, so they do have them still in the high schools. Has that worked out well over the years? And has there always been somebody living on site at most uh, schools? Typically, uh, if it's not the lead custodian, they have maybe another custodian who chooses. It's, it's a choice or it's an option the lead custodian can have if they want to use it or not. And then they sometimes will let another member of the custodial staff use it if the head, if the head custodian does not want to use it. You know, it's an interesting idea. I'm curious, do other communities do the same thing with their schools? I couldn't tell you. I, 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 when I first started with the school district, I was surprised to see because I was visiting one of the older schools or, or one of the uh, legacy schools and saw a porch on the back and was asking, what is that? And then someone told me, and I, I thought that was a great idea, but also just didn't know about it. it was, it's, it's surprising when you first learn about it. Now, what, what is a legacy school? Well, like your Oakland, your Riverdale. I think I was at Oakland that day, and so there's around back of the school you can see kind of the porch area that's for the apartment. 
Uh, and I, it just, you know, I think it had a rocking chair on it, and I was asking about it, and that's when they told me that's an apartment. And I was like, how about that? I didn't know that. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, I didn't know about it until years later, you know, after I had already gone to high school, right. I, I found out about it. But it's interesting. Uh, so graduation is a big thing that has recently taken place at the county high schools. Have all of the high schools already held their graduation? Our last one was last Wednesday. So we started on Monday, May 10th, and ran all the way through that next Wednesday had one every night uh, at the schools. On the Friday night of the graduation week, there's actually three. There's Holloway, Eagleville, and I believe this year it was Central Magnet was the other Friday when it rotates, but uh, that's the only night that had multiples. And everything went well. Uh, we were able to avoid the rain. Rockville had a few sprinkles right before it started, but they were it, it lightened up and it was able, they were able to finish their graduation ceremony. And what was the biggest graduating class this year? Oh, I don't know. I, I know that we have some that are close to 500, but I don't know. They're, but there's uh, several in that category, so I'm not sure who was the actual largest. And that'd be a lengthy service, you know, lengthy ceremony right there. I went to several of them, and they all do it a little bit different. They have different traditions they do at their at their graduations, and so uh, some of them did it really efficiently, you know, done an hour and 20 minutes, and then some of them spent two hours doing it. It just kind of depends on how they did it. What, what did the schools do this year about those who, you know, the seniors that couldn't quite keep up because of COVID-19, because of being home more? I mean, because this year was quite different, I'd say, than years past. So what happened to those seniors that didn't have a high enough grade point average to actually graduate? So that's a good, great or great question. This summer we're doing something different than we've ever done before. We have summer school like we always have that's at, at Blackman this year, and so everyone can come to Blackman for that. But also our high schools are offering a credit rec recovery program at multiple high schools. So those who are missing a credit or two can go to those schools and finish those up and then graduate later in the summer. So if a student maybe failed one semester of, let's say, English, for example, they're able to just cover that one semester and then be done with summer school? Yeah, and we've done that before with summer school, of course, but we, we wanted to give more locations and opportunities this year. So we have that spread out all around the county so that it's easy access for anyone who needs it. Is it too late for a parent to sign their child up? No, they'll do it. They can do it right now this week, actually, in their counselor's office. The high schools have been advertising this with parents and students. So they need to talk to the school counselor at their child's school and, I guess, just knock it out this week. Yeah, and there's a good chance they've already, the counselors have already reached. We have graduation coaches at all the high schools, so they're, they, they monitor those things. And if a student is just missing a half a credit or two or whatever it is, they're already talking to the student and the parents to show them what the options are. So a lot happening for sure within the Rutherford County school system. And, uh, you know, it's been a crazy year with COVID-19. Are we going to see a lot of the same, I guess, changes with the school year this upcoming year? I mean, have you heard a lot? I think we're going to be seeing more what we would call normalcy next year. So the state is not letting us do, not letting any school districts do distance learning from the schools themselves. Uh, and so we'll have classes in person uh, again starting in August for all schools. Uh, we've had kind of a uh, dual program this year parents could choose, but next year it will be all in person unless they get enrolled into the virtual school. And this is a great opportunity to plug the virtual school. It's called the Rutherford County Virtual School. We started it this past year. It was not related to the pandemic. It's just bad timing, I guess. But we, it had been in the planning stages for a couple of years. Uh, but it is a full standalone school that is virtual. Um, they're the Trailblazers, that's their mascot, and they are actually doing priority applications right now for anyone who chooses to do that. There are some students who thrive in a virtual setting, some parents who prefer that, um, and they can sign up, do an application online, and uh, the deadline is June 5th to sign up and apply for that. And how many kids are currently 
in the virtual school for Rutherford County? We had about 190 this first year. This was the pilot year, and it covered grades uh, 6 through 12. This next year, we're adding grades 3 through 12, so we're expanding, uh, and we already are up to about 300 and trying to get up to at least 500. How is it for the, the younger students doing stuff virtual and online? I mean, it, it, is it tougher or is it easier for them? I think it depends on the student, but our teachers have just been phenomenal in adapting the way they teach. Uh, so I've, I've had children that of my own that have been quarantined for one reason or another through contact tracing this year, and they were able to participate online. And my, my middle son is a first grader, and the teacher was just, it was incredible to watch how she could work with both in-person and distance learners and keep them engaged and all those things. And uh, I think my son preferred it because he's kind of a couch potato and loved being at home, but uh, we sent him right back as soon as he could. So Again, this morning we're talking about the Rutherford County School System and uh, some of the changes taking place and how the past year has been. Uh, let's go back to Plainview Elementary, though, for a second. Dr. Mark Gagne is the new principal there. So where were you in the past, and what's it going to be like at a brand-new school? <laughs> I've got a wide variety of experiences. Uh, this will be my 27th year going into education. Uh, I've been with Rutherford County for 26 years. Um, I've been at uh, Smyrna Middle School, Smyrna High. Uh, I was an a AP over at, uh, uh, excuse me, Smyrna Primary School, and then spent some time at Riverdale High School as an AP as well. Um, but you had one year somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, one year somewhere else. Uh, but I'm back with Rutherford County, uh, starting with Plainview. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just looking forward to, to getting this school open. And uh, we're gonna, we've got a pretty great faculty that we've put together, state-of-the-art building and state-of-the-art faculty put together with that. So what, what is going to set Plainview apart from some of the other schools? Well, one of the things that we're working on right now, we've worked out a uh, partnership with Duke University. I mean, not Duke University, but uh, Penn State University and Vanderbilt University. We're piloting a program called Yes Engineering for elementary schools. It's brand new curriculum that they're going to come in and work with our teachers on and show them how to use those. Uh, our students on their special area rotations will get to be in a STEM lab once a week as well. Um, State-of-the-art technology in the building. Uh, very, very big focus on the you know working with a student as a whole and trying to integrate all the curriculum together as are, they learn. Are, are students smarter these days compared to the 1980s, or is this there's just more technology out there, so it, it looks like everybody's smarter? I, I just think kids are exposed to more technology early on than you know what we were ever allowed to be exposed to. Yeah, my uh, kids can work phone better than my wife can, so I mean, she, they show them a lot. And I'm talking about my four-year-old can do it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people know Dr. Gagne, too, as Coach Gagne. He has a pretty big experience in what sport is that? Wrestling, yes. I was a wrestling coach for 19 years in the school district. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, which were at the high school level or middle school? I started it? the Smyrna Middle School program and then moved up to Smyrna High School and coached up there, and then I started the Stewart's Creek High School team as well. Okay. Yeah. So, at the elementary level, though, you don't have any sports there, do you? Well, actually, we've got a uh, full-blown archery team that will start uh, in the fall and we've got that all lined up equipment is purchased our coach is lined up uh, and then also we've got some plans for a youth wrestling program that'll be hosted out of Plainview Elementary as well and that'll be the first in the, in the elementary level for the county if he does that do you think we'll see more sports at the elementary level because it, I mean it seems like a natural idea for them because a lot of these students go on to play baseball soccer you know and so forth I think it's important. I think one of the most important things about school is getting kids to feel like they plug in and they belong in that building. 
and the more opportunities that we give students to be involved uh, in differing areas allows more and more students to be involved in that school. Yeah, but you're right, though. So we've got junior pro sports now, basketball, things like that. And the great thing about sports is that it, 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 it the younger you can start, it helps students begin to work together uh, to learn how to persevere and overcome failures, if you want to call them failures. But just that, uh, that translates into so many other areas of, of the school district as far as academics and things like that. I think it's really exciting that Dr. Gagne is looking to do a wrestling program at the elementary level because I think it'll take off once people understand what it is and it's safe and all those kinds of things that uh you know it's it's not wwe it's it's a different <laughs> different type of wrestling and it's it's just uh, if you've ever seen that before just tournaments and matches it's just incredible uh how much the students just rise to the occasion and that's important to start as young as possible just to get them motivated it really is it's a it's a great program for little guys too because of the fact that it gives them a chance to channel that energy it gives them a chance to learn discipline and to be focused where uh you know we know little guys sometimes struggle <laughs> so will these students be wrestling you know other students in the same district or are there other school systems outside of rutherford county that they'll be up against well more than likely what will happen is they'll probably join an aau or a, a usa wrestling uh charter program and then they'll wrestle wrestlers around the state it'll just be housed with plain view but eventually if it catches on then maybe we might be able to get a few more of their elementary schools in the school district to to jump on board and we can have uh inter-district matches yeah archery started the same way a few years ago you know it was it was a kind of a club sport and now it's so popular uh, we just had the state championships a few weeks ago and several of our schools placed i think christiana did mm -hmm. riverdale and another school I, i'm sorry i don't remember which one it was but they did very well but a few years ago i don't think anyone would imagine how popular that sport became at all levels of the school district now at plainview elementary have all the teachers been hired at this point or are you still hiring yeah as a matter of fact uh, mr evans and i were just talking about this uh before we walked in uh we've hired all of our teachers we are now down to just hiring three custodians and that will finish up our whole hiring process for the school but uh yeah all of our classroom teachers have been hired all of our special area teachers school counselor everybody's been hired and, and how many I guess staff members will you actually have once you include teachers, janitors, all that stuff? Uh, we will have 55 people in the building working with students. So how, how does that actually work? Is it the school principal who's over all the staff or is it the HR department within the county school system that comes in and, and says, you know, you're fired or you're hired or, or so forth? Well, the principal is the CEO of the building, so we all work for the director of schools, but he is the supervisor over everyone in the building. Of course, there are some things that are collaborative, things like that, but uh, they do work for the principal report to the principal. Right. Well, easy enough. We're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Plainview Elementary, how big it is, and it is a, a pretty big school. I yes, mean, it is. But yeah. 400 students or so starting out, but I'm sure that's going to grow. Uh, but yeah, let's talk more about that when we come back. The time right now, 838. We're broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks online at willowwindow.pro. Time right now, 839. <laughs> Hey folks, I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. Join me every Friday for a new episode of my podcast exclusively on WGNSRadio.com. It's Commander Chuck, and it's my goal to get you to and from work each weekday around the congestion and all the accidents. Listen for my traffic reports every weekday morning and afternoon here on News Radio WGNS and see real-time traffic information at ontimetraffic.net. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. 
You can get those options on the menu online at www.demusrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you're starting a home studio, you need to come to Music World and Drummer's Den. We also have interface for home recording, podcasts. We have USB microphones, all the equipment you need for home recording or podcast. We are your local music store. You need to come see us. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Mostly sunny skies today with a high temperature in the lower 90s. We'll have partly cloudy conditions tonight and a low around 64 degrees. This is staff meteorologist Jake Posizinski on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 61. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Good morning. Watching traffic build even more here on 24 Westbound. As you come past Harding Place, you got all the traffic flow coming in from Rutherford County right now. Franklin Limestone Road. Uh, there's just been a crash over there in about the 3200 block of Franklin Limestone Road. It's a non-injury wreck. 65 southbound between Vietnam Vets and OHB checking a wreck there in the Madison area. True Friends Moving Company is now hiring. Call 240-2811 online at truefriendsmovingcompany.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Right now that time, 8.42, we're talking about the Rutherford County School System this morning. Dr. Mark Gagne with us today and also James Evans, both with the county schools. And, uh, Doctor, you are the new principal at Plainview Elementary. How big of a footprint is that school right there in Christiana? Square footage is about 130,000 square feet. Is that about right? That's right, yeah. It's designed to right now currently hold 1,000 students. Uh, and it will be able to be expanded uh, with that. They're going to be able to add 16 classrooms to that if we, as we grow. Uh, one of the great things about it is they've built the cafeteria, the gymnasium, and the library to accommodate those 16 extra classrooms. So uh, they planned well ahead uh, for the growth that's going to happen out in that Plainview area. And that's pretty common. And that's something that our engineering department has done the last few years is when they uh, work with the architect to design a school, they also plan for future growth. We did it at Siegel High School, which opened back in 2003, I think. Um, but it, it's become more common with um, elementary and middle as well. So, James, I'm trying to picture how big of a school that is. Exactly how many square feet is Stone to Vermont? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But, but it, it's, that, I mean, that's a big building, though. You know, you're talking about over 100,000 square feet. That's, that's a lot of roof. So the total number of students that you could have in the future with the space that you have right now without adding on would be how many? 
without adding on, we can push a thousand in that school right now, and then when they add on, it'll push up to about fourteen hundred that we can hold. Wow, it's hard hard to imagine a thousand elementary school students in one school, but it's you know that could happen very soon, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we have that already. Most of our uh, elementary schools are at a thousand; they're built four thousand. Some of the older schools were not built for that capacity, but definitely the more modern elementary they're they're built for between 850 and a thousand you know students don't come in nice little packets it depends on which grades are in and things like that but about a thousand it can hold down and i guess those numbers fluctuate over the years because you know some years you may not have as many families moving into rutherford county so you're going to have more students who are going up in age and all that so it's got to be hard to keep up with the numbers because uh, you're having to keep up with everybody who does move in so we do have someone who works with the gis departments and, and uh, planning departments of all the municipalities in the county and tracks building permits and where they're coming and when we're he's our enrollment planner when we're doing things like rezonings and building plan uh, tweaks those numbers are included because we can we can predict or somewhat monitor where the growth pockets are in the county the problem is it's not just one area it's all over the county now it does shift some uh, but it's and it's going further out Plainview is a little further out than where we usually build but that's where the growth is going but typically we add about a thousand students on average per year and your elementary middle schools are built to hold a thousand students max your high schools are about two thousand so you are basically growing by a school every year when you look at the growth pattern right now is there one area in particular where you're seeing a whole lot more growth than other areas? The I-24 corridor is a very popular area, but of course that stretches all across the county. So all those areas like Blackman, like uh, Smyrna and Stewart's Creek that have easy access for people who are commuting, I mean, even Plainview, it's, it's right off the interstate. Rockville, which used to be real far out it felt like you know it's it's not with them widening 99 and all of those things it's not as far as it used to be all those corridors are growing rapidly you know and i think it's safe to say that places like eagleville will be that next big growth area because you're seeing new neighborhoods built there as well and you're also seeing just on the other side of the county line williamson county is growing that direction as well yeah 840 is opening up quite a bit of that as well veterans parkway it's making it easier for people to get back to those main thoroughfares to get to nashville or wherever they're commuting do you think we'll ever see another school in the eagleville area closer to 840 uh, well, we're opening, we're hoping to open a, a complex of schools, Veterans 840, uh, you know, so that's possible, absolutely. Of course, one would be in the Blackman area, uh, but you still don't have the land for that. Yeah, we're still looking for that land. Uh, it's, it's, we've, like I said before, we have found a few pieces that we've looked at and had analyzed, and it just was not conducive to, you know, building schools there. And I know another area that you mentioned, Walter Hill, does the school system already own land in Walter Hill to build on? Yeah, so there's some land basically kind of catty corner across 231 from the existing Walter Hill Elementary, and we have bought enough land there to build a middle school and a high school eventually. Okay, so I, I, and I'm trying to picture where that land is, so I know where there's a big open field out that direction, so I guess that's probably the area that you're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, we call it the Matthews property. We bought it from the Matthews family, but it's near you know those crossroads between Jefferson Pike and 231, one of those corners out there. So, do you see that happening? A new school being built there? I mean, sooner than later. Well, it's on the building plan. Uh, it's it all depends on we when we watch that. We have a meeting every year to look at where the growth has been that year and where it's going, and that's how the board prioritizes which school gets built next. So it's in the mix, uh, but it just depends. Now that Walter Hill area has been one of the slower growing areas, it seems like, for Rutherford County in recent years, uh, but I guess that could change. Absolutely. If you go out, uh, you know, kind of behind Cutoff Road in those areas, it is growing out there. A lot of new subdivisions going up. 
land is such a premium now in Rutherford County. Uh, builders are, are going to new places. Now, out that direction, Wilson County, you know, comes into play, but I, I, I'm not real sure how far Rutherford County goes down, uh, what is it, 231 towards Cedars of Lebanon and all that. Uh, so is Rutherford County all the way to the Cedars of Lebanon area? No, uh, there's a, uh, is it, I believe it's Highway 252, which is where the racetrack is. That's kind of where the dividing line is. That's where the county line is. It's right in that area. That's where it switches over to Wilson. But, you know, my family camps a lot, and, and we go to Cedars of Lebanon quite often. And so over the last few years, driving down 231 towards that campground, there's houses growing from both ends, uh, from 40 and, and, and 840 in Wilson County and Rutherford County. So that area is growing. So when you look that far out towards that speedway, there is a lot of open land out there for new neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think that that's why we're seeing so many things. If it's conducive for building, I think you're going to see developers build out there. That's just what we're seeing on our side from the school district. Now, when you look at the elementary level, like Plainview Elementary, the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, the, the, the uh, RSO, the SROs, yeah. SRO program, yeah. are they at every school now, including the elementary schools? Yes, we've had that in place with our partnership with the Sheriff's Office uh, since um, uh, one of the school shootings up north. Uh, our community started talking about that. Um, and, and the Sheriff's Office and the County Commission funded those. And so we do have SROs assigned to every building now. Over the years, you know, there have been threats made at different schools, you know, threats of violence made by students, former students. Is that still a real big issue where you have some students making threats to, you know, shoot a school or to bring a bomb to school? Uh, you'll see some of that sometimes. A lot of times you'll see uh, someone may write something in a bathroom stall about, you know, I'm going to blow up the school. And that's 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 been happening since the invention of schools but um, typically it's not a legitimate threat not, a, not, not something that's actually founded the great thing about having the SROs in buildings is it helps students uh, build a rapport with law enforcement you'll see especially in the elementary schools I mean my, ch my kids know them by name talk to them all the time the SROs do uh, classroom programming um, to just get comfortable with students so what that's doing is when they get maybe older and students can know they can have a rapport and can have a conversation with a law enforcement officer if they hear something that sounds unusual they know they can go to, to them and report that it's a very open dialogue and the schools even have a security director over the entire system now yes yeah, so david cream is a former sergeant with the sheriff's office and he joined us as safety director uh, about two and a half years ago uh, two years ago with the central office and he's done some great work with uh, not only managing that partnership with the sheriff's office but just doing safety assessments and you, you'll notice like those bollards that's the big concrete balls you'll see out in front of the schools those some of those kinds of things are a result of those um, those programs you know and the purpose of those things of course is to prevent uh, a car from being able to ram a school or something like that and when Dr. Gagne was at Smyrna Primary they did some uh, the schools have gotten really creative in what they do with those. What did you guys do at uh, Smyrna Primary with your bollards? We made ours look like a beach ball, but then painted a husky head on <laughs> That's it. Right. So it's pretty neat. They were the huskies. And so the, if you'll see a lot of the schools have incorporated them into putting their mascots or their colors on them and let the art students and the art teachers work on those. It's been pretty neat to watch. You know, sadly, these days, you, you never know what a person's going to do. And, you know, in other areas, you've had people who deliberately ran their vehicle into a school building 
in an effort to commit suicide and harm others too. But these things actually happen in the U.S. Yeah, and there was uh, some assessments done from the federal and the state level working with school districts on, you know, checking out schools and saying where's your where are your uh, security areas that you need to strengthen, and that's the result of some of those those things like bollards, and uh, we've had uh, we've got entry controlled entry now to all the buildings of course uh, through the buzzer system uh, one of our county commissioners Pettis Reed um, really advocated to put those signs up in every building that say that says this building is guarded by a you know full-time officer just to deter people from wanting to do anything we keep we make sure police cars are parked out front just so those visuals are there and, and like I said act as a deterrent what is one of the biggest issues you have as far as security problems within the school system would it be you know domestic violence situations would it be child custody situations where one parent tries to pick up a child when they shouldn't what is the biggest issue you see that's common I think that's the, those domestic issues they're not very common but they they are probably the most common if you were to break it down uh, disagreements between parents like you said custody issues uh, some domestic violence issues but you know we have a emergency procedure that all the schools follow we train and practice and do drills um, weather alerts you know tornado drills those kinds of things uh, the schools practice on those various drills as far as intruders and all those things they're required to do it so often by the state and log those and we learn from those and debrief and all those things we've only got about two minutes left because I have another break to get to before we close uh, but Dr. Gagne being a school principal what, what are you going to do in situations where you do have one parent who's supposed to pick up this child and this parent has custody of the child and another parent doesn't have custody but yet they are the parent what what are you i guess going to instill in those the staff members if a situation like that comes up well first and foremost we got to follow the uh, court orders that we're given and making sure that we follow that to the letter of the law um we've had we've had situations where parents come in and claim that uh this is their child and they have rights to them but we have no paperwork to verify that and so we insist that you know we we have to have documentation before we can release them we're very very diligent about making sure we follow those policies yeah and you'll notice that during registration even if you're even if you're a, a married family and and you know you list who can pick up the child who's your emergency contact and all those things and it's part of every child's file so uh, the schools whether it's a domestic issue or not they know they're, they're really good at monitoring who is picking up children to make sure that they're following what was the intended purpose with the parents at the beginning of the year. For yeah. high school age parents or high school age kids, I could see where the kids would be able to clearly tell the teacher or principal well, this is not supposed to happen, but elementary is tough. Yeah, one of the things that we're working on right now is every, uh, every registration that's coming through, we're diligently going through and making sure all those things are appropriately checked and taken care of long before the school year even starts. That's got to be hard, though, for those younger children who, you know, well, this is my dad. I'm, you know, it's okay. But yet, you know, the paperwork says, no, it's not okay. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that does make it challenging. It's part of our database now we have with the students, our student management system. So we can, you know, our front office people can look that up and say, I'm sorry, it's we don't have here where it's your day. And we unless we have something that changes that, we can't release the child. And, and usually a phone call and the, whoever's supposed to have them can send us something through email or whatever to release the child. But... Uh, the schools have gotten i mean it's just part of managing a school yeah. were these things a big problem you know 20 years ago because it didn't seem like you heard much about stuff like this yeah i think it i think it's been around for a while especially i mean divorce is nothing new and custody issues but it was it's actually probably it's probably more efficient now because we do have them in a computer system where we can just pull it right up instead of using index cards or file folders or whatever to try to go to a file cabinet and look up what they have on file they can just type it in and pull it right up now 
Well, again, in closing this morning, the new Plainview Elementary School will be opening in August. And uh, again, 400 starting students, I guess. And that number could change a little bit over time. But uh, new school to open. Yeah. So, James, anything else we can close with? No, we're, it's last week of school. We've had a great year. We appreciate what everyone's done, the teachers, the parents. It's been a crazy, unprecedented year, but everyone working together, we have completed it all year long. <laughs> and if anybody needs information on school registration, just go to the county school's website. There, they'll find it all, right? Yeah, there's a big blue button that says registration. Just <laughs> click on it. It tells you exactly what to do. And this includes uh, kindergarten and all that? Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. Time right now, 8.56. We do have more news. News and information coming up right here on WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947.